My name is Sarah and this is my podcast. It's called Magnetic North and it's stuff that I've written. Some of it's autobiographical and some of it's written as performance and some of it is both. This one is called Commute. I hope you like it. It's a bloody early start and frankly in the winter it is less than pleasant. Dark when I travel in, dark when I travel back but the important point is when I can see out, oh what I can see, what I can see and when I can't see out I know that it's all still there, there ebbing, flowing, dark and comforting. The Fife Coast from Kirkcaldy into Edinburgh is breathtaking. I even like the cranes and the oil rigs. Some of the people that live down Largo Way are quite sniffy about the oil rigs, but I think they are magnificent and otherworldly, like the tripods from War of the Worlds, but with less death ray and destruction, which is good. We've got enough going on without that on top. The thing I find interesting about this bit of the Fife coastline is how, as the coast falls away south from St Andrews, it reaches peak posh around Ely and Earlsbury, weekend destination of cheap medical officers against their own advice, and gets more industrialised, post-industrialised, tortured remains of mining and shipbuilding as it slides on south via Largo, London links and Leven to Kirkcaldy and then starts to pick up again as we get to pretty Kinghorn, Burnt Island and the two Queensferries. It's almost as if you could map the house prices as the coast shows more and more evidence of a working class. And this explains the attitude to the Largo lot, to the oil rigs. Anyway, in between the two Queen's ferries, north and south, flows the Firth of Forth, and between these points stands, fortunately for our purposes, for we are, after all, on a train, there, dominating the landscape, both physical and cultural, stands a vast expanse of red iron oxide bridge. The bridge. The fourth railway bridge, the bridge. All the bridges in the country have a number. This is so Network Rail can identify them all for repair and upkeep purposes, location and so on. They all have a number. All 35,000 or so of them, all the bridges, overline, foot, side of line, intersection, underline bridges, all have numbers. All except the fourth railway bridge. The fourth railway bridge is known only as the bridge, 
therefore the bridge is peerless and singular, soaring beautiful upwards and outwards, upwards and outwards in turn, red and invincible against the sky. And here, as we bank to the right into Burnt Island, the bridge is visible in the distance, spanning the divide between the Kingdom of Fife and the outer reaches of Edinburgh. At this point, the road bridges that run parallel to the object of my affection are placed, thank God, on the far side, so as not to impede my view. However, as if desperate for attention, they are capped by bright flashing lights that bleat, look at me, look at me, over here, don't look there, look at me. And I reply, ha, fat chance, spindly cable road bridges, dream on. But the reply is only in my head. A hope. <laughs> in the months where daylight succumbs to winter, this is the point where I can no longer see the unlit bridge. But unbeknownst to the desperate needy road bridges, it is their flashy posturing that reassures me of the presence of my love, reassuringly present in the darkness. And I love the fourth railway bridge. I do. I just love her the way the bridge seems to embrace and hold the train as it passes within her grasp. Nothing in the passage of two years has dimmed the pleasure of hearing the sound of the wheels change as we start to cross. The lifting of my spirits heavenwards as the glistening Firth of Forth can be seen through the Meccano struts as they flash by. You'd be surprised how many conversations get started during the process of crossing in the embrace of the bridge. Those that know and love the bridge smile indulgently and comment upon the enthusiasm of the newly enamoured as they take pictures and gaze out of the windows of the captive locomotive. When I was a wee in, we'd drop coppers out of the window into the fourth and make a wish. What did you wish for? That the train would stay on the bridge. Cue the cackling laughter of the seasoned traveller. And so far they have the trains. The trains into and out of Fife have stayed on the bridge. Unlike the ill-fated Wormit to Dundee, which was lost with all souls on board when the Tay Railway Bridge collapsed in 1879, some three short years before the fourth railway bridge was opened. Now, whether the fact of our trains remaining securely in the iron embrace of the bridge is thanks to many coins thrown, or many lessons learned, or the slow creep of health and safety legislation, depends on where you stand in that particular debate. Health and safety may well have gone mad, but in terms of the three bridges over the fourth, the death toll stands in order of construction 73, 7 and 1. Makes you think, doesn't it? John did not come home from work that day, a grievous loss and heartbreak to all that knew him. An investigation followed and thus there came a narrative to the death of a working man. So it was in 2016. In the 1880s and 90s, there were 57 people acknowledged to have died during the building of the bridge. But it was local historians who brought the total up to 73 in 2005. They followed the path of the people who didn't come home from work. One logbook of accidents and sickness had 26,000 entries and hundreds of workers were said to have been left crippled by serious accidents. 
Maybe it's the voices of those lost that form the siren song of the bridge that calls me. I go to work and I come home from work on the train, on the tracks that lead along the coast over the bridge to Edinburgh and back to Fife again. The path of those who come home from work. The path brought to you by health and safety legislation. Mad, isn't it? <laughs>